0: Hey everyone, just wanted to say thank you for tuning in for another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. Uh, really excited to have you back and really looking forward to the next few episodes. As I've stated before, over the next several episodes, we will be breaking down all cards that are currently in the beta build of the game. And I will be uh, partnering with a different content creator in every episode to break down a different cost tier of cards. So very excited to bring you this additional content. Uh, I'm really uh, pleased with the response so far and and the feedback we've received so far. So thank you for listening and subscribing. Uh, Just wanted to ask for everybody to make sure to go follow the uh, Twitter account, which is at can't underscore stop underscore snap to uh, follow the podcast and to know about uh, upcoming episodes and upcoming content we hope to cover. And again, as always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the upcoming episodes. And thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the next episode. Hey listeners, I am here with Carbon. Carbon is a content creator for Marvel Snap. He's been streaming the game over on Twitch for about a week now, ever since the beta launched. And I'm excited to have him here on the show to break down all of the one-cost cards in Marvel Snap that are in the game during the beta. So, Carbon, thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this with you.
0: Yeah. No, I'm very excited. This is kind of our first episode. We're going to have a series of six episodes breaking down the different cost cards. and excited to kick things off with you here. So, you know, before we launch into the breakdown of the cards, I just want to give you a second. You've had... I believe about a week with the game you've been streaming it several days and I just wanted to you know hear your overall impressions what are your thoughts on the game what what stood out to you? just kind of a brief overview
1: how you're feeling about the game um I I've been having I've been having a lot of fun with the game I to be completely honest I've I've been having a lot of fun with the game I've been having fun with the community I think that's one of my favorite parts so far is just you know being able to interact you know the community is so excited for it and it's you know there's tons of people in, in discord tons of people in my chat you know we're just having having fun so there's that new aspect of it that's a lot of fun uh, in terms of the gameplay and that kind of stuff I, I feel like it's really like like fresh like i feel like they're doing something very different compared to a lot of other card games i, I have a lot of experience with uh with like hearthstone and legends yeah. of Runeterra, and they're definitely doing um uh something different with this game and i'm, I'm excited to see it so I, i've been having a great time with the game so far and i uh, i'm excited to see more of it. So,
0: awesome. No, that sounds great. I I couldn't agree more with you as far as the community being in the Discord. Uh there's been just a lot of fun stuff, a lot of excitement. Obviously there's been some feedback and some some concerns as well, but overall I think the community is just really excited about the game. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. So, uh we're going to break down the cards here now. So I just want to kind of give an intro to the listeners. I'm assuming most people out there listening You know, you're excited about the game, you're familiar with it at this point, but I want to just give a breakdown for anybody that's new coming in and and is really learning about the game. So, you know, in the first episode, we talked about how kind of the game operates, but breaking it down a little bit further of how cards operate. So each card is based off of a character, a person, it could be a hero or a villain or some kind of being from the Marvel universe. And each card has a couple of attributes. Uh, It has a cost uh marvel snap like a lot of card games has a mana system uh, a cost to play cards and so each card will have a cost today we're breaking down all of the one cost cards uh and then every card has a power or a strength uh basically that's you know how much strength they have how much power they have which helps you control locations win locations which is the goal to win the game and then last uh most cards but not all cards have some sort of ability And that's probably where a lot of our conversation is going to surround today uh, is the combination of power levels and abilities and what makes these different cards uh, useful or not so useful. Um, And there are a couple of cards that don't have abilities. And on those ones, we'll just read the descriptive text uh, that's on the card. So we're just going to go card by card. We are using marvelsnap.io. It's made by a member of the community. It's a website where you can see a database of all the cards. So if you're wanting to follow along or you're wanting to go look at all the cards that we know about thus far, make sure to go to marvelsnap.io. So uh Carbon, we're gonna kick things off here with Agent 13. So Agent 13 obviously is a one-cost card, uh, two two power, uh, and the ability reads on reveal, add a random card to your hand. So, first things off, uh, there are several cards that kind of have random abilities, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um i've seen a lot of randomness happen with some of these cards in the game and and sometimes it's really good sometimes you know it's rng right so what's your overall impression of this card and just maybe some of the randomness from some of the cards
1: um i have to say for this particular card i have not really seen i haven't seen this ran in decks yet because i haven't really seen anybody that's that's had it in their deck um I will say that on paper, like it, it looks pretty good. I mean, the, the two power, obviously kind of a vanilla stat line, but adding a random card to your hand, especially for, there's a lot of, there's a few decks that um, rely on you having more cards in your hand to activate um, good effects. So this is a very good card into those decks. Um, As far as the randomness, aspect i would say that i am more okay with randomness in in marvel snap than other card games specifically because of how like the game functions there's the retreat there's the snapping so there's that element of you know managing randomness and and you can and you know you can always retreat if you are going to get if you feel like you're going to get screwed by bad luck or whatever so
0: yeah oh that that is a great point uh that is that does make it a lot better than some other games where that, that they're more rng dependent because you kind of have the meta strategy of should i bet higher should i retreat etc so that's a really great point um yeah let's jump into the next card here so angel is and also a one cost two power card so same stat line as agent 13 but the ability is when one of your cards is destroyed this flies out of your deck to replace it so interestingly enough i was watching somebody stream today and we probably won't dive too deep into venom uh that's kind of a strategy that's going on in the game right now i'll I'll cover that in my two cost card episode but you know the person calculated thinking they were still going to win the game even with this uh great combo the opponent was going to have but they didn't account for angel coming out of the deck when they uh the opponent destroyed some of their cards so um yeah i don't know Have have you seen this card played at all have you played with this card at all
1: um I do I do have this card and I have seen this card uh played quite a bit. It's very very popular right now because uh the, as far as I can tell the most popular archetype at the moment is a is a Nova Carnage um deck that this this card works um pretty well in. I I will say in my personal opinion I think this card is actually overrated um because when you draw this and you're not when you pull it from your deck with the destroy effect obviously that's very good that's deck thinning that's you know increasing your chances to draw the cards that you want it's a free body it's very good but when you're drawing this it's it's very very bad compared to the other like one drop options you have available so i think i think in a deck where you want to be destroying stuff on at early earlier turns like turns three and four i think this is good i think if you're trying to do a later game turn five or six destroy combo this card does doesn't go into that deck no,
0: that makes a lot of sense because the probability by that point of this being drawn is a lot higher. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, let's let's dive into the next card here. So we have Ant-Man. Uh, this is one of the first cards, you know, you get in the game. And so I think everybody has played with this card, right? So uh, Ant-Man is a one cost, one power card and the ability reads ongoing. If you have three other cards here, plus three power. So kind of the strategy here is, you know, starts with a very, you know, basic low stat line. But uh, whether you play this early or you play it late in the game, if you max out your, your limit of four cards at a location, this becomes, you know, a one cost four card. Right. So uh, I've seen it as kind of a good just filler in a deck where maybe you just need an extra card when you're trying to fill the board, but I don't know if you feel the same way or if you have a different opinion about Ant-Man.
1: So, so I played a lot with Ant-Man. Ant-Man has gone into most of my decks that I've played unless there was like a specific reason that where he, doesn't fit into it. I think Ant- I personally think Ant-Man is 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 very very good. Um he's he's usually you're paying one energy and you can usually activate the the four power effect. And um and and it's because it's pretty easy to fill up a board especially if you're playing a deck that's focused around that and he just he slots in so well into so many archetypes. There's so many different decks that want to be doing this and he's especially good and one of my favorite decks um is onslaught at the moment he gets uh which onslaught is a uh six energy card that doubles ongoing effects so this becomes a one energy seven power card which is very strong in that deck so i I personally really really like ant-man and i think he has a lot of potential in a lot of archetypes yeah i mean you can't you can't really beat a one cost uh seven seven power card right if you can
0: get that uh most games then going to be sitting pretty well so uh awesome yeah let's uh let's dive into the letter b here so those were the a cards uh we've got blade so blade is a one cost three power card so that's our first three power card here and the ability here reads on reveal discard a card from your hand so this uh you kind of mentioned there's a couple different archetypes to the game right now and and there's some that are kind of based around discard. I'm not sure if you've played with a discard deck yet or not, or if you've played against any, but this would obviously be a good, you know, a good uh, card to include in a discard deck.
1: Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Blade blade is an interesting one because obviously one one energy for just three base power is, is pretty good. Um, the discard effect is... Um, it is it, it's, cha- it's challenging because because you know there's some decks that I think that you want to be discarding and there's other where you want there's other decks where you want to be minimizing you know you want to have some discard effects to activate uh, uh, cards like uh, like strong guy is very good in the discard deck um, so I think as we see more cards that kind of go all in on the discard archetype I think blade gets much much better in those decks but I think in in more um, just general decks that aren't running you know that want to discard some but not a ton I think there are better options than blade just because just because of the random part of it
0: yeah that, that is one of the hard things with the discard archetype because there's certain cards that benefit more from being discarded and you you know with blade you really don't have control over that so I would agree with that well let's let's jump to uh, Deadpool next so Deadpool is a one cost one power card and it reads, When this card is destroyed, return it to your hand with double the power. You know, I'll just say off the bat, I've seen people debating about this in the uh, Discord. Uh, It sounds cool, right? Like, you get to double the power, obviously it starts at one. And so the ideal perfect world is you're able to somehow uh, uh, destroy this card um, multiple times. Like, destroy it and play it multiple times somehow, and it gets doubled. Uh, multiple times, right? So you go to two, four, eight, or something. But the, the probability of that happening, um, just, you know, you drawing it early on and that happening multiple times in a
1: game, I would say is relatively low. Not sure if you would agree or disagree. Um, the, the Deadpool's a t- another tough one because we, we haven't seen uh, all of the cards and you know, we haven't seen all the interactions and stuff. So it's hard um, to tell. I think personally, just seeing the number of destroyer effects in the game, I think that Deadpool can be good if you, but you have, your deck has to be built around it. Um, So particularly, I think if you can land a buff on Deadpool with a card like Forge beforehand to start the doubling early. So for example, if you get him to three power and then kill him and he comes back as a six power, that is obviously much, much better than um, you having to kill him, you know, Th- like three times to get anywhere near the same amount of power value so i think as we see more people get more cards i think deadpool will find a home um but yeah that's that's what i think about that
0: no that's a great point point. and that's a great thing to point out i mean some of these cards we can almost just theorize at this point because uh you know we've talked about this before in the first episode but you know there's a progression in the game where you unlock more cards as you go along and just by the nature of the game only having been played for one week, there's a lot of cards that people really haven't unlocked yet. So definitely something we'll see more of down the road. Well, let's, let's jump through some more of these cards here. Uh, next up, we have Ebony Maw uh, with uh, an impressive stat line of one cost and six power. But uh, obviously you'd assume with that kind of a stat line, there's going to be a little bit of a downside. So uh, Ebony Maw's ability reads, you can't play this after turn three and then it has an ongoing effect, you can't play cards here. So essentially, you can only play this card uh, on turns one, two, or three out of six turns. And once you play it, you can't play other cards here. So it's not something you can drop turn six, you know, oh, I'm adding six extra power. Um, so there's, you know, high stat line, but kind of a trade-off on the ability.
1: Uh, yeah, I... Ebony Maws is, is another interesting one because because again you have this is another card that you would need to build around because it goes into it goes into a very specific archetypes. Um, the two that I would think of off the top of my head that where this would excel and and, and kind of shine um, would be in a in a Viper deck. So uh, Viper is a is a is a two cost that you can give a a unit to your opponent and give it so this is obviously very bad for your opponent your opponent cannot play cards at that location if if you give them this card so um that's very good for you that's a powerful combo and i also think that this is very interesting in like a um a very aggressive discard heavy deck because um even you can't play it after turn three but you're able to discard it then it becomes discard fodder afterwards and then early on you can fill up a location with a lot of power early with this card so
0: That is a great point. That's uh, that last piece. I actually hadn't considered. So that's a great insight. Appreciate that. Uh, let's dive into the next card. We've got Electra here, uh, returning back to the one cost, one power stat line. Electra's ability reads on reveal, destroy a random enemy one cost card at this location. What are your thoughts on this card?
1: Um, I think Electra is pretty just a solid, like a generally a solid card. Um, I think I think she's a lot better um, in, in certain situations against certain decks. Obviously, um, uh, this past this past week, one of the featured hot locations was Mojo World. Which Mojo World, if you have the the player with the more units at this location gets an additional 100 power, which is obviously very good. Um, and so, Electra, if you play her on turn six or, or you know later on and kill one of their one costs at this location, then you will guaranteed win this location because you have more units than them. So Electra was very, very strong with Mojo World. Um, In general, I think Electra is pretty solid. Um, I think it depends a little bit on the meta, but I definitely see her seeing play.
0: Yeah, I definitely saw some of those Mojo World games you talked about, and it was just (laughs) like every other game, right? Mojo World was there, and you'd play the Electra last turn, and it really would just turn the tide of the game. So, yeah, that was kind of fun to watch. And and that's fun with the uh, kind of rotating hot locations, You know, it kind of shakes up the meta on a daily, weekly basis, which is awesome. Uh, Let's dive into the next card here. The next card is Hawkeye, uh, a one cost, one uh, power card as well. Hawkeye's ability is on reveal if you play a card here next turn plus two power. So essentially, the ideal scenario is, you you know, you play Hawkeye, and then the next turn you can play another card in the same location. But that does give your uh, opponent a little bit of information of where you may play uh next turn which could play uh to your disadvantage if they have any you know uh guardians of the galaxy type cards
1: yeah i think i think that's a i think that's a really good point i think i i personally do not think hawkeye is good enough um in his current state just because number one if even if you are playing a card here you're only getting three power for one energy. And there's other cards um, like Ant-Man that we previously looked at, that you can, you can squeeze four power out of that one cost card. And then this, this card also gives your opponent a a ton of information about what you're going to be doing next turn, Most likely. I mean, you can't, you can't, I have seen players use it to, to um, kind of do fake outs, which, which is an interesting because they, they believe that you are going to play a card with Hawkeye to get that extra power buff. And so, but you can um, potentially like bamboozle them essentially. And, uh, and, and get them to, to misplay it, basically. So,
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. There's a lot of bamboozling that can go on in Marvel Snap as far as the cards, but also, obviously, the uh, the snapping mechanic. <laughs> so um, let's go here next to Human Torch. So Human Torch is a one-cost, two-power card, and the ability reads, when this moves, double its power. So there are some locations that allow you to move cards, but there are other cards like... Um, I want to say Dr. Strange and a couple other cards that allow you to move cards. And so this really kind of, only you know, you can't really take advantage of its ability unless you build, you know, a deck that allows you to move cards because you can't guarantee you're going to have a location that allows you to move it.
1: Yeah, I... I believe that I, we have, this card has not seen any play currently because, because I don't, I don't believe I've seen anybody unlock this card yet because it's a little, it's a little bit deeper in the, in the card pools, but I believe that this card has potential to be insanely good. Um, If this is getting, if this gets buffed, if this, so for example, if this gets a plus two buff and it's a, it's, it has four power and you're doubling that even one time you're getting, you're you know, potentially eight power out of this one cost, which is absolutely incredible. And there, and there are quite a few different cards that let you move cards. So I think in that archetype, I think this is going to be an absolute powerhouse card. We'll have to wait and see, you know, obviously what, what decks come up, but I, I'm very excited to see more of this card and I'm looking forward to building a deck with him as I get more cards.
0: No, that's a great point. So, so going from the fire to the ice here, the next card is Iceman. Uh, Iceman, uh, you know, his face has become one of the emojis in the official Discord. I uh, kind of become a little bit of a meme in the art, just it's kind of been fun. But uh, Iceman is a one cost, two power card, and his ability reads on reveal, give a random card in your opponent's hand plus one cost, but that can uh, max out at six. So you can never make somebody's card uh, more than six because then they would never be able to play it theoretically uh, on the last turn of the game. So th- this one's an interesting one, right? Uh, this is the first one, at least today, we've kind of talked about that, you know, you're kind of manipulating the cards in, in the opponent's hand like this. So what are your thoughts on Iceman? Um,
1: Iceman, Iceman is an interesting one. Um, I, I think Iceman has potential to be very good, um, especially into, into like, combo decks that are that are not looking to play, like, a big, you know, like a like a big six cost as their finisher more decks that are like like moon girl that's duplicating your hand and you're playing cheap cards with her i think this has the potential to really mess those kind of combo decks up and you know it's you know it's a one cost two power that's not that's a vanilla stat line but the effect is really good and it it just makes your opponent use energy inefficiently which in a game where there's only six turns and you have a limited amount of energy that that's that's very important so i definitely think iceman will see play and experimentation for sure yeah yeah. Awesome. Let, let's keep going here. So the
0: next card we have here is iron fist. Iron fist is a one cost two power card and his ability reads on reveal, move the next card. You play one location to the left after reveal. So right here, you know, we've talked about the kind of move strategy with uh, the human torch, but uh, iron fist. So he, he can basically allow you to have a little bit of control and less randomization of over moving cards. Um, from one location to the next.
1: Yeah, i i think I think this I think Iron Fist by himself probably does not go into too many decks as just a one drop. I think in the Move archetype, I think this is an incredibly powerful card. Um, I think the ability the, the power, especially to to get a card's effect in one lane and then get its stats in another lane, has the potential to be very very strong. So I'm interested to see, especially with that with that Move archetype with the Human Torch type decks. Uh, Heimdall decks, I'm very excited to play with Iron Fist. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too as well. So, continuing on here, we've got Korg. Uh, Korg's one of my uh, favorite characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've really enjoyed him in the most recent movies. So, his, his stat line is one cost two power. so same as uh, the last card. But his ability is on reveal shuffle a rock into the opponent's deck. So, uh, just for anybody who hasn't been following the game, Um, a rock, there's actually a couple cards or locations that will um, generate a rock Uh, and basically a rock is a one cost uh, zero power card so it kind of fills your deck with useless cards. I mean, you know, there may be cards that can buff cards that have no ability other things like that, but essentially can make you waste turns by drawing cards that really don't fit into your strategy so another card that can really kind of throw your opponent for a loop early on in the game
1: Yeah, I think uh, this card is obviously much, much better the, the if you play it on an earlier turn. It, it gets substantially worse. It doesn't scale very well into the later game. So where a, lot, where, a lot, where a lot of these one costs, you know, these popular one costs are, can like Ant-Man and stuff can, and can come down in the late game and still provide, you know, a decent amount of power. Korg on, on, you know, on the later turns isn't doing much. However, if you can get him down on turn one or two, uh, the potential for your opponent to brick on a draw is is a big deal so i have to i'll have to sit down sometime and uh, do the math to find out how often you know they're how often you're playing chord early and how often they're drawing the rock just to find out you know the potential impact that this card could have
0: yeah yeah the percentages there may get a little sticky as you you look at what's the percentage of you drawing it early and the percentage of them drawing rock early right that, those definitely reduce the more the later you play it so Next, we have Mantis. I saw somebody refer to her for getting her name in the Discord as uh, Antenna Lady today. Uh, so Mantis has a stat line of one cost and two power. And her abilities on reveal. If your opponent played a card here, this turn, draw a card from the deck. So Mantis kind of falls into this uh, mini theme. There's several Guardians of the Galaxy characters uh, in the game thus far. And they all seem to have an ability where basically... If you can guess correctly where your opponent's going to play a card, the turn you play that uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy card, then you get some ability or some buff. And so uh, I think that's definitely an interesting mechanic. There's a little bit of guessing, you know, guessing to it. But depending on how your your opponent's playing, you may be able to guess better than not of where they're going to play.
1: Yeah, I think I think this card is very comparable to Agent Thirteen, which is the first card we looked at that adds a random card to your hand. So so Mantis is giving you. Is not a ra- it's a random card, but it's a card from their deck. So, but you have the the trade off is that you have to get the trigger that you're not guaranteed to get the trigger. Whereas Agent Thirteen, you're guaranteed to get the card. So I think this is very interesting. Again, in those decks that are looking to add cards to your hand and you know keep a full hand to to activate different um, effects on other cards, um, I think this one's this one you're not as happy to be playing on turn one because it it becomes kind of a guessing game where your opponent's going to play. I think you would rather be playing something like Agent Thirteen. Uh, on turn one, but I definitely think that this could go. This is pretty good, especially on later turns, and um, can definitely go into the deck. There's, there's a another aspect of it, I guess, is that there's a little bit of information gained if you are able to proc the effect. Um, you're able to find out, you know, more about what type of deck your opponent is playing, which is good as well. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, you get a little bit of information potentially early on in the game of uh, what might happen.
0: Uh, next card up, I don't think we'll have a ton to say here, is Misty Knight. Uh, Misty, card, Misty Knight is a uh, one-cost, two-power card and is the first card we've looked at today that doesn't have an ability. She has descriptive text that says, we've got to save this city. Misty Knight's kind of part of the intro to the game, one of the first cards you get, and really, uh, you know, still has great art. Uh, it's a great character that people like, but is, is there to meant to be replaced as you progress through the game
1: yeah i misty knight obviously is you know it's a you know it's just a vanilla text you know it's a one two it, it there's so many other cards that we've looked at and are going to look at that are that are just straight up better than this card they just have text that's better um i will say that there is like a small amount of potential i believe there's a there's a three cost card called patriot that can buff your cards that don't have any text so this has potential in that kind of deck but we'll have to see i'm i'm i have not seen enough so far to to make me think that that deck is going to be good. So depending on how much support there is for that kind of archetype, she could be good. But other than that is there's so many better options available currently. Agreed,
0: 100%. Well, next is a card that I've seen everybody play at least at least a few times, which is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is again, the common, the common stat line we've been seeing, a one cost, two power card. And Nightcrawler's ability is you can move this once. So essentially you can choose a location, uh on the board to play nightcrawler and once during the rest of the game you can move nightcrawler which can really you know kind of shift up the game by opening up a location later in the game that your opponent you know they don't really know when you're going to open it up or or it can add some extra stats to a location where you may need it late in the game
1: yeah i i have really enjoyed playing with nightcrawler as a card i think he is he is probably on this list one of if not the most versatile card um he there's so much that you can do with him um one of the most interesting things you can do is you can you know uh quote unquote lock up a location with four cards but nightcrawler is able to move out of there and you're able to play another card so that's also very interesting for cards like angela which angela gains power whenever you play a card at this location so nightcrawler moving out of the way allows you to play an additional card at that location and buff up angela even further so there's there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with this card. Um, I think it's a very versatile tool that slots into a lot of different decks. Yeah, agreed. Continue
0: on here. Uh, the infamous uh, Nova. We we've, we've referenced this a little bit thus far. One of the most played cards and combos in the in the game thus far. Nova is a one cost, two power card, and the ability reads: When this is destroyed, give your other cards, meaning all other cards, plus two power. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your experience either playing with this combo or playing against this combo uh,
1: with Nova. Um, yeah, so this card, in my opinion, is currently the best one drop in the game um, for the effect that you're getting. Plus two power on all of your cards is absolutely ridiculous um, in terms of, like for comparison, Blue Marvel, which is a six power card, is only giving your other cards plus one power. So this is just... It, it, it's it's very challenging i, I feel like this card is, is likely going to get changed um i i have not played with it yet um i have played against it quite a bit and i will say that there are some counters um there's there's cards that prevent uh on reveal effects happening to prevent the destroy and there's cards that um prevent cards from being destroyed as well so there is some counterplay and um but i definitely think this card is currently the best one drop and maybe one of the best cards in the entire game right now and it's there's a very good chance that this will get changed in the future. Yeah, that seems to be the discourse. Uh, uh, what people are saying, and what
0: I think a lot of people are hoping for. So we will see what the developers do. Uh, another card that I've seen kind of memed or just you know talked about whether it's good or bad is Quicksilver. Uh, Quicksilver is a one cost two mana or sorry, uh, a one cost two power card, and the ability reads starts in your opening hand. So essentially. You're guaranteed to have one drop on turn one, uh, with a you know a two power stat line that you can just play turn one. Uh, are you what side of the fence are you on? Are you team Quicksilver? Or are you team anti-Quicksilver?
1: Um, so I have to say that I I really enjoy the the math side of this game. So I did do the math on this card uh, when it came out to find out how good it is. Now to clarify, it replaces one of the three cards that start in your hand. So you only start the uh, the game with with three cards from your deck and Quicksilver instead of, you know, four random cards. So that seems good on paper, but when you, when you do the math, it it turns out Quicksilver actually makes it very difficult for you to draw the cards you actually want to draw into later in the game. Um, There's just not, it's just, it's just basically a you know a bad card in my opinion. The, there there is a specific situation where I think Quicksilver is good, and I think if you were to put him in a deck that runs maybe one other one drop and then heavily leans into two and three drops for a very what tempo oriented deck, I think that is the only scenario where Quicksilver makes sense in my mind.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, hopefully we don't start you know uh, more fires with this conversation because it seems to come up every day in the Discord. So uh but i mean you've done the math so there you go you know we uh we've certified that quicksilver is maybe not the best card okay we have one more q starting card which is quinjet um this is one i haven't seen a lot of people unlock play with yet and so i you know as i was preparing for this uh, i was thinking about this card so quinjet's uh a one cost two power card and quinjet's ability is ongoing cards that didn't start in your deck cost one less what are your thoughts on this
1: um this card has the potential to be one of the best one drops in the game we have we have to see it more in action people need to unlock it and you know build a deck that fits with it but there are a lot of different effects even just the one drops we've looked at we've seen agent 13 we've seen mantis that add cards to your hand and so this energy like cost reduction in marvel snap is very 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 good just because there is a limited amount of energy there's a limited number of turns it's so it's very very strong And um, there are so many cards that this synergizes with that add cards to your hand. um, And there's a lot of interesting applications. Uh, One of the most interesting is I've seen uh, I've seen a potential uh, Thanos combo deck Thanos that if you don't know shuffles six uh, stones in your deck at the start of the game. And so those cost one normally, but with Quinjet, those would all cost zero. So they become, um, you know, you have your essentially like a a third of your deck is free cards. that are drawing you more cards as the, just there's so there's a lot of different archetypes that quinjet can go into and we obviously have to see it more but i have this card looks very very strong
0: yeah uh that now makes me really want to play a quinjet uh, thanos combo deck so hopefully we can do that soon um so we have our second guardians of the galaxy card here for the day so rocket raccoon is a one cost two power card and his ability is similarly an reveal ability if your opponent played a card here this turn plus two power so essentially you can buff him to a one four card as long as you guess correctly so anything else to add here i mean this is similar to mantis as far as it being kind of a you have to guess right what are your thoughts
1: on rocket um i have to say that i i believe that rocket is is a good card i think rocket is is very good especially at the current moment when there's not as many one cost cards in the game but i think um he he's he's one of the one of those cards that gets much much better the later on you play him whereas a lot of these one costs don't have as much impact unless you play them early you have to play them early um rocket has the potential to be a one four later on in the game which is which is very good and it's you, you usually in, later in the game can predict and get that additional power so it's it's similar to ant-man where you can fill out your curve and potentially throw uh throw him down and, and get that extra uh, power you need to win a location. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it makes a lot of
0: sense. Um, going here uh, to, we've got, I want to say, six or seven cards here left that we're going to be covering today. So we're coming here to some of the last ones. Uh, uh, continuing on, we've got Scarlet Witch. She is a one-cost, two-power card, and her ability reads, on reveal, repa- replace this location with a random new one so kind of her uh her abilities to manipulate realities etc you know in the comics and the movies essentially she can really shift the game through rng of what some of the goals in that that individual match are because by changing a location that you guys have been playing to could really throw either player for a loop
1: yeah this is this is a very interesting card um Scarlet Witch can because of how random the effect is and there's so many different um, locations to choose from she can she can sometimes do nothing. sometimes she loses you the game on the spot or sometimes she wins you the game on the spot. So it's a very interesting card. I think I think this is one of the one of my favorite cards in terms of like flavor of, of what the card does is um, just matches really well with the character and I really really like this card. Um, I don't know if it's gonna see play. Um, I, th- I think it sees a decent amount of play now, as it's one of the cards you can get earlier on. I think sp- it goes into a deck that, is, that specifically loses if certain locations come up. Um, or, and, and it could also be a good card um, during the hot locations, which is where a location is much more common for a certain period of time. Um, she could be very good at removing that location and messing up your opponent's strategy.
0: Yeah, great point. Something that could maybe kind of be a micro meta where uh, Scarlet Witch comes into play and out of play, depending on the hot location. Uh, Continuing on here, we've got Squirrel Girl, another card you get really early in the game. Most people have played with Squirrel Girl. Uh, Squirrel Girl is a one cost, one power card that reads on reveal, add a one power squirrel to each other location. So essentially you get a one power squirrel to add to the other two locations where you're not playing Squirrel Girl basically a way to you know fill the board early on uh maybe get an early lead on some locations which could lead to certain abilities triggering or not triggering uh any any small thoughts about squirrel girl
1: um I'll say I'll say I really like Squirrel Girl. I think she has she's also a very versatile card. I I she there's so many things that she can do um on locations where you can't play cards or cards get destroyed when they're played there, she can get an extra power into that location, which is sometimes a big deal. Um she's really good for go-wide strategies where you're trying to buff your entire board. She's really good with destroy things because um she can give like to cards like cards, you can give an extra plus two power and just kind of you know feed him squirrels. Um I think, I think is a very versatile card and I definitely think there's a lot of decks that she works well in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. There, there is some meta and there is some uh, deck archetypes around trying to kind of build up a lot of minions or just fill the board and, and buffing them. So she fits into that quite nicely. Okay. Uh, Sunspot. Sunspot is a one cost, one power card. At the end of each turn, gain one power for each unspent energy. This is an interesting one I've seen a lot of people debate about uh, as well, because, uh, you know, in some ways you don't really want to ever be wasting energy. You, you'd love to be able to play as many cards and use up all of your energy ramping up each turn. Uh, but it may be nice because obviously not every turn, you know, not every round's perfect. You never you're, you're usually going to waste some energy. And so Sunspot can kind of pick that up and, and buff itself over the course of the game.
1: Yeah, I I will say I think I agree with you on this. I think you're exactly right. I think I think most of the time you're wanting to have good energy efficiency. I think is very important in this game. You know, using as much you have limited energy, like I've said, you have to you have to make the most of it. Um, Converting one energy into one power isn't terribly exciting. Um, Obviously, in order to compete with other, you know, one cost for potentially four power cards, this this you need to have this on the field and then uh not spend uh three energy which is which seems a little like a little bit of a waste to me so i th- see this usually as being like a like a one three so there are some interesting decks that this could slot into um the one that comes to mind is there's a card called in Infinite. i might i'm not sure if i'm saying that correctly but it's Infinit is a is a six uh six cost 20 power unit but you in order to play him you can't have played cards previously so so Sunspot can eat that extra five energy from that you did not play and, and be a bigger card. So maybe in that deck, if that deck ends up being good, Sunspot can see play. Otherwise, I don't think Sunspot is that good.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, it seems pretty limited right now, but maybe they'll add additional cards that work well with him later, on. Huh? Okay, we're down to our last four cards here. So uh, we've got the hood. I don't know if I've seen anybody unlock the hood or play with the hood, but the hood is a one cost Negative two power card. So this is our first card we talked about that has negative power. Uh, so you may say, well, that doesn't sound great. But on reveal, add a demon to your hand, and a demon is a one saw, uh, a, sorry, a one cost six power card. So essentially, uh, you can play the hood, and then get this uh, additional one uh, cost six card in your hand, but then you you know you're factoring that you've got minus two power on the hood. So really, it's kind of a wash. It ends up being kind of a two cost, uh, four power cards. So I don't know how great this is or if you think this really has a spot in the meta right now, but it doesn't look too great to me
1: um th- this is what i'm gonna have to disagree with you on i think this card is absolutely bonkers i think we have to see it in play obviously I you know it's all just speculation at this point because we haven't really seen people make decks with it uh but this there are multiple decks where i think that this could be very good specifically the, the the first one that comes to my mind is a destroy deck where you can eat the hood and eat that negative two power and convert it into something better as gets plus two power and you so you're gaining a net plus four power from that. And then you have the one six in your hand, which is very good. I also think that this could go into a deck uh, with Moon Girl that's copying your hand because copying multiple uh, one six cards in your hand is a lot of power. That's potentially, if you copy it even once, you're getting, you're playing, paying two cost for potentially a lot of value. So I think this card has the potential to be very, very good in multiple archetypes. That
0: is a very fair point. You know, I uh, I, I may have my opinion swayed there. I, I think we'll have to see, like you say, but uh, definitely may have some use uh, if played right. Okay. Um, I always kind of uh, screw up this name. Uh, I think it's Uatu, the Watcher. I apologize to any hardcore Marvel fans if I'm not saying that right. Um, <laughs> but the Watcher is a one cost, two power card and his ability reads, once this is in your hand, you can see unrevealed locations. Um, I have some thoughts on this card. I'd love to hear your thoughts first. uh, Just good or bad, what do you think?
1: Um, This card, unfortunately, I think this card is not good. And that's very sad to me because I love this character and I love just the 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 flavor of this card that you're able to you know he's watching everything he's watching all these different realities and you can see these two locate you know he's 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 giving you insight and he's really good on the information part but the the problem comes where you have to have them in your hand um by turn one or two which statistically is not going to it's going to happen in in about uh like 60 or like about 40 percent of your games roughly off the top my head um you'll have this by turn two. And it obviously is much, much better on turn one. And then the stats, unfortunately are a little underwhelming. So I I really want to like this card because it's a very, very cool card. It's a very interesting design, but I currently, I just do, I can't see it being good. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Sad.
0: I I really enjoyed him as character in the uh, uh, what if uh, series on Disney plus. And uh, I just don't think it'll work out that great right now. So uh yondu so this is our last guardians of the galaxy card for the day yondu is a one cost two power card and its ability reads on be on reveal remove the top card of your opponent's deck so this one doesn't have the kind of the guessing mechanic of a lot of the guardians of the galaxy card uh but it does kind of just trim down your your opponent's deck so i don't know uh what are your thoughts here
1: um i think yondu is very interesting um i think Yandu is uh, is much better played early i think the main aspect of Yandu, the, the most important part of it is the information gained because it, it will show when you burn a card from your opponent's deck it will show you what that card is so if you're able to play this early and get early information on what deck your opponent is playing you could have a you'll have a much much easier time countering what they're going to be able to do um in terms of power this card is just a, a vanilla um two power um for one cost so the power so there's a little bit of a trade-off so i think we'll have to see Yandu in play more i'm leaning towards you know he's very niche or probably not going to end up being that good but but there's some potential to see his play there yeah makes a lot of sense uh and this is
0: our last card of the day uh this is zero uh zero is a one cost three power card And the ability reads on reveal, remove the abilities on the next card you play. So obviously, you know, you could see that as a trade-off, right? You're losing an ability, but there may be some cards, uh, like we've already seen, uh, and that we've maybe talked about that are in higher cost ranges that maybe have a a bad side to their ability. So, you know, this could, this could be nice. Maybe you remove a negative ability from a card and you still get the power of it, but uh, you don't have the downside. So. I could see this going into, into several decks. I'm not sure uh, if you've seen this one or if you've played with this card at all.
1: Um, I don't have this card, and I haven't really played against it that much. Um, I will say, just from what we've seen, I think we saw a little bit of this card played in the, uh, in the uh, stream over on uh, the Marvel Snap official YouTube channel. Um, I think this card is very interesting. I think, like you said, I think it's a very, I think it's a niche card, but I think it has, it has a lot of impact if you're hitting, you know, big finishing cards that usually would have a big downside. Um, so I, I think, I think this card goes into that deck. Obviously, uh, three power for one energy is definitely an upside as well. Um, it's it's better than that vanilla two power stat line, so that is also something to consider. So I think this card is good, but obviously it needs to be in the right deck. It, it's kind of a builder It's a little bit of a build around card. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to
0: see how this interacts with other cards uh, currently in the beta, but also cards that will come in into play later on. Well, that is all the one cost cards. So this has been awesome. I've I really appreciated going through these with you. Um, but before we go, I'd love to just uh, uh, hear kind of you know we've talked about a lot of cards. I'd love to hear what's your favorite of the cards we've covered today, and that can be because of the art, it could be because of the character you have attachment to, or it could be because of the strategy you want to build around it. You know, out of all the cards we've talked to today, uh, talked about today, just briefly tell us, you know, which one's your favorite and why.
1: Um, I think out of these wonder one cost cards that we've looked today, I think my my personal favorite is probably. Um, ant-man i i love ant-man ant-man's design is a card i love the flexibility i love getting i love getting four power for one cost um i i just think young, I, I think uh i think ant-man slots in to a lot of different decks i think he's i think he's a very versatile card um and he's he don't really have to build around him he's just he's just all around good solid and in, in in a lot of decks so and i really i've really enjoyed playing with him so far Yeah, no, I think we'll continue to see a lot of play uh, play with Ant Man because he
0: just—he really at this point can just be that extra card in any deck and just be good, which is awesome. Well, Carbon, I've really enjoyed having you on. Can't stop snapping, Uh, you know. As we're getting kind of kicked off here with the podcast, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad you accepted to be, uh, you know, to collaborate on this and to uh, talk about these cards, you know. And I, and I look forward to uh, talking with you again. Hopefully in the future, hopefully we can have you back on. Uh, but before we go, can you just tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you and how they could follow you online?
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I stream over on twitch.tv at carbon underscore that's C Q R B O N underscore. And, um, I also, um, I'm currently writing articles, uh, for marvel So you'll probably see those. I don't really have a timeline on how frequently I'm going to be writing those, but there's one up for right now that you can read that goes over some, uh, um, probability questions within the game. So um, look forward to more of those, but yeah, I stream over on Twitch and feel free to come hang out. We're usually pretty chill, just playing snap and uh, talking with chat. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, carbon again, I just wanted to say thank you. Appreciate you being here today and I hope you have a great rest of your evening and I hope we can talk again soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having Michael. This has been a lot of fun and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, listeners, thank you for listening and look forward to more episodes where we will be breaking down the remainder of the cards. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, produced, recorded, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.